0: profound, and infinitely subtle, is rarely encountered, even in hundreds of thousands of millions of ages, as we see it, hear it, RECEIVE AND MAINTAIN IT, MAY WE COMPLETELY REALIZE THE ta's TRUE MEANING. A welcome, again, to retreat. Thank you for prioritizing this um, work, this fundamental work of clarifying the mind, of letting go of cutting back the extra and revealing more fully our own luminous mind, always there, always there, and rarely revealed in its fullness. Um, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Joko Beck's Four Principles of Practice state, caught in a self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. So these are a kind of play off of the Four Noble Truths, that there's suffering, that there's a cause of suffering or mechanics of suffering, that there's a path, and that freedom is possible. Uh, in this, through this very body, your very body. Uh, freedom is possible and freedom is uh, realized, glimpsed at least, realized in some way through this practice. You know, we can put relative labels on that. We can say we always have further to go. But when we release That which is obstructing us, therein lies freedom. And freedom is delicious. Uh, Relative freedom, complete freedom, it's all delicious. So we're here to, to taste freedom. And also here to do this work with everyone. Also here knowing that whatever clarification occurs will clarify everything, will clarify our response in daily life, our moment to moment interactions and affecting of quote other things and other people. Mm. We have such a tendency to split this one body, this one mind up. Mm. But remember Indra's net, each, each individual, each jewel reflecting all the others endlessly. Really, how can one jewel be separated from the whole of the net ever, ever? There's this minute moment-to-moment revealing and transforming and um, expression happening. And we're not separate from any part of it at any time. And we let all these words go. We let them flow through, Mm -hmm. especially in the midst of retreat. Mm -hmm. We return always to the simple truth of this moment. So we feel our body So in my case, my legs on the cushion, my bottom on the cushion, my hands on the knees, temperature in the room, a basic sound of a voice. So we settle in right now and in Zazen to this simple truth feeling, feeling, feeling what's actually unfolding before words and then when the mind creates a self we let that go again And in the meantime, see throughout retreat, throughout a Zazen period, all the different ways a mind coalesces around um, some identity, some desperate attempt to create a me out of thin air, to create and then protect and defend a, a me out of thin air. Caught in a self centered dream. Life is a dream in exactly this way, in exactly this way, and we see this more clearly through our zazen. Caught in this self centered dream, confusing the dream for the truth. Joko Beck says only suffering, only suffering. All this worry and consideration for what, for what? And yet this is our lives. This is the human condition. Holding to self-centered thoughts exactly the dream So when we believe the story, or believe that we are any of the various roles we play, well, we all play roles in life and, you know, thank Jesus, thank Buddha, right? Please keep showing up in specific ways, you know, according to your inclinations and gifts and callings. But when we think these roles are the essence of who we are, there's suffering in that, there's suffering in that. So playing the roles and knowing at the same time that the role is not the essence. holding to self-centered thoughts identifying over identifying with this or that Exactly the dream It's this great paradox in, in our human lives You know not right or wrong necessarily, but just who we are that That reality is more than dream-like, it's more than dream-like. You we'll know, recreate it and co-create it. And put all of our energy into it, into it. Endless creation and co-creation and trying to um, be skillful. and use our life energy well, and not let it um, fritter away. Well, as we move forward, sometimes in relative freedom, Um, otherwise doing our best to understand when our own mind is creating suffering. As we move forward in life, in a zazen period, each moment as it presents itself, each moment, life as it is, is the teacher. Is the teacher. Reveals itself and shows us where we are holding, what we need to work with better than any human teacher could. All the information's right there. And yes, sometimes we employ a human teacher or another kind of spiritual friend to do some reality checking, to say Hey, are you sure about that? Are you sure you're not um, off here? (laughs) Creating some justification in the mind for uh, a step that's not really in our or others' best interests, perhaps. So we do need spiritual friends on the path. And each moment, life as it is, is really where we do the engaging and where we do the noticing and where we do the work. So we do our work in spiritual community and we support each other when we attend a retreat such as this one. And at the same time, so much of the work is so intimate, so close, um, that it can't and doesn't want to be um, shared in words with others. There's so much, right, that happens during retreat that we can't talk about at the end or with friends later. So much happening. And here I'm talking about just the parts we notice. There's so much we might notice. Um, Little Yeah, again, that moment to moment, unfolding that subtle Um, what's happening, where do I think I end and the rest of the world begins and how can I dissolve some of that delusion? Or work skillfully to be present on the cushion. So much of that can't be revealed except through our presence As we uh, let the next moment come forward, Mm -hmm. each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, and then being just this moment, compassion's way. Being just this moment means I am being, you are being this moment. So present in this moment, but also this means we are this moment. We are the complete expression of this moment. We are seamless with everything else that's happening in this moment. And that includes all of the suffering, whether we call that suffering mine or others. This full presence, or, and, and, or, our best approximation, our wholehearted uh, efforts, attempts, Mm -hmm. our best approximation is the way of compassion is the way compassion to suffer with, is the way of not leaving suffering or anything else out. Anything else out. We naturally respond with what so much of uh, pop culture would label as compassion, concern for others. We naturally respond. When we see the other in front of us as part of our own body. Part of our own, uh, you know, it's closer than just sphere of concern. Being just this moment, compassion's way, engaging, 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 and doing the best we can with the complexity of it all. The mind made complexity of it all, but yeah, this is our human, our human condition. It is what it is and we continue to clarify, continue to clarify, see the situation we're in more clearly and engage with All of our energy. Uh, So I wanna talk a little bit now. So we've been using Joko Beck's four principles of practice. We've been chanting those, I'd say most notably at the end of Sunday programs. Uh, When we've been chanting those where you know, at a time in the program where some other groups might chant the four great bodhisattva vows. So those are the ones that go, beings are numberless, I vow to free them. Let me look at my translation, yeah. Beings are numberless, I vow to free them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. And the Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to embody it. I vow to embody it. So let me talk a little bit here about the energy of vow and about the power and the function really uh, and the importance, uh, at least at times in our practice, of bringing in the energy of a great vow, of a vow um, that can't really in that rational, um, oh, what am I looking for? Relative sense be fulfilled. We're never gonna get there We even say it in in the context of these four great vows. Beings are numberless. They're numberless. Yeah, maybe seven billion on this planet or whatever we're up to now, but in the universe, in the multiverse, literally numberless. And however numberless they are, I vow to free them all. You know, whatever that means. (laughs) Free our own mind and then help others. Help others to release delusion as well. So this vow is saying, I wholeheartedly dedicate my life energy this direction. To this clarification. Wholeheartedly. Because why hold anything back? Why hold any effort back? There's really, there's no saving it for later. Our life energy is going to flow and flow and flow and then at some point we die. And yes, of course, balance and, uh, you know, we don't want to overextend ourselves and all that conventional wisdom like holds for sure. And there's, there's a lot of life energy there's a lot of life energy and there's a deep satisfaction just in that exertion just in putting forth that wholehearted effort so these vows these four great bodhisattva vows which means vows of uh, beings who are dedicated to awakening uh, express that wholeheartedness Um, so again sometimes it's Especially time to bring that energy in. And that's why sometimes we use these uh, bodhisattva vows to nourish that part of ourselves that is already committed and wholehearted and um, understands completely this principle, understands experientially, like, yes, yes. Let's try as hard as we can. Let's strive to awaken, let's make effort. Mm -hmm. Um, So similarly with the rest of these vows, delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. Huh? Are we gonna put an end to all delusions? No. but we set that aside and we say though these delusions are inexhaustible though the ways in which my mind makes stuff up that's not true and not helpful though that um, construction process is as far as I can see not going to run itself out um, still still i have a vow to end to end delusion to see through all all of these false constructs so again this speaks to that continual effort in a particular direction so to the extent that we have a north star to aim for it's not about the ever getting there it's about having a a clear direction for this great energy that's uh inside us that's that is our life to um go towards go towards for the benefit of of all so that we're really using our life energy in the best way possible, you know. This is why this work is so satisfying. You know, this sense that um, rather than running away or distracting ourselves or procrastinating from what we know we really need to be doing, we're doing it. Because really, what else is there? What else is there? that is um, so fundamentally ours to do with this human life. Um, Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. You know, this also maps onto this each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, each moment, um, especially to the extent I'm making an obstacle out of what's in front of me, each moment is a Dharma gate something to understand and work with and step through. And depending on the gate, depending on what's in front of us, we might bring forward different different tools to meet it. And sometimes there's this great great vow energy that's uh, what we want to remind ourselves of, that we're practicing with all beings and for all beings in this very moment. Dharma gates are boundless I vow to enter them Uh, a facet of this to me this third great vow is that um, I am committing to not push away the challenge of this moment and it's not always a challenge to say yes to this moment in the sense of um, just not pushing away my life as it unfolds. And again, this doesn't mean saying yes every time someone asks us to do this or that. Mm -hmm. But in that example, just to take that example, um, someone's requesting that we commit to some event or project and maybe we need to say no but the fact that this ask is coming forward and that we need to meet it in some way you know as clearly as we can that's what I'm talking about not saying no to we have to move forward with our lives right it's very simple it's very simple but the suffering we create our for ourselves is, is often exactly this kind of conflict, this extra static that we add to things. You know, this extra no, that's really um, not, you know, it doesn't make any sense, right? What's in front of us is what's in front of us. We can't um, change that in this moment. Dharma gates are boundless, I vow to enter them. You know, this also refers to that material um, that might come up, quote, inside. Mm -hmm. Or that personal issue that we know that we need to work with because it keeps coming up. So this is another gate Mm -hmm. and they are boundless and we vow to enter them all in this big way. And then the Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to embody it. Hmm. So to um, engage this way and even uh, have the vow of complete awakening, complete awakening, the Buddha's own awakening, the Buddha's own uh, level uh. Depth of engagement, understanding, expression of truth. Mm. So we have these four great bodhisattva vows, these expressions of wholeheartedness. And when we chant these four vows, um, and we'll chant these four vows at the end of this talk, and then we'll also chant... Uh, Joko Beck's Four Principles of Practice. When we chant these four vows, we're bringing forth this energy. So sometimes it, it really is helpful and it really is time to bring forth this kind of striving energy. And I'll also offer that sometimes it's time, sometimes in striving, um, I will say especially in um, oh, North American popular culture, um, this this striving can get in our way. can be extra creating a self and carrying it forward. So sometimes it's time. And we just look inside, and we have to kind of try this or that, and uh, turn up the dial of striving energy, and turn it down um, for ourselves to know when we're to know experientially when we're pushing too hard, or really not pushing hard enough in practice. So we have to fall off both sides to really know experientially, and we have to fall off again and again. And just to be clear, by by falling off here, I mean we have to strive too hard and feel what that feels like and notice it. And we have to um, strive like not hard enough, right? And feel what that feels like and notice it and notice, oh, I need to turn up the effort a little bit here. And as we do that over time, it really, we do become more skillful at energy management. Energy management. Hmm? And by the way, that skill translates. You know, we manage our own, quote, internal worlds. And as our awareness, our understanding of who we are gets bigger. And we manage that too. Sometimes we bring forth this or that energy in response to another. You know? We say no. We say it harshly, you know, when the when the uh, moment calls for it. We get soft and kind, you know, with ourselves, with others. And I think um, Joko Beck's four principles, for me at least, point more to that letting go side. And I do always want us to keep returning to the zazen that is just so simple. That is just literally just sitting, just sitting, we're just sitting. You can't miss, there's no effort required. We're just sitting here. We're just sitting here. We're not making it into anything else. No striving. Pay attention, yes. That attention is not separate from just sitting, right? That attention is what makes it just sitting (laughs) because we're not sitting and then simultaneously, you know, doing something else planning the menu for next Tuesday, or whatever. Just sitting. There's really no striving in that. So please don't get confused by all all of these words. Like really let this talk go. Um, Return to the body, return to the simplicity of um, your zazen or whatever activity you're doing during retreat, the physicality especially, um, you know watch the hands as they prepare lunch and wash dishes and watch the feet as they walk to the restroom. I'm just sinking into this moment, letting go of words um. I mean, this in reality is the essence of retreat. This is how all of the territories that I've tried to explore here in this talk are really explored, are really explored. We forget about the ideas and the right and wrong and just do the practice and just do the practice. And however we engage the practice, that's our practice. You know, our life moving forward and our expression of that life and our engagement of the practice, there's a perfection to that that is outside of the realm of perfection versus imperfection. There's a just isness to our very lives as they are already unfolding. So, one of the essential task of retreat is to simply be with that, to appreciate that. This in-breath just as it is. You know, this exhalation just as it is. With extra or not extra or distraction or freedom or whatever, or whatever. And in those uh, fortunate moments, uh, letting go of striving. Letting go of striving, enjoying uh, the fruits, enjoying the fruits, letting go of um, deserved or undeserved, enjoying the gift of this body and this life. In all of this, we play in the formless field that's referred to in the robe verse. We play in this field that's in a way uh, bounded by the precepts and in a way without boundary. Playing in this field for the benefit of beings. Oh, thank you again for your practice. Um, And for attending retreat, this is the end of the talk and now we will um, transition to chanting the four great bodhisattva vows followed by the four principles of practice.